Welcome to On Demand. This is Pastor Rick. Today we talk about devotion. That's right. We've been in a study about stagnant thinking. And this is the last piece of the puzzle. I've talked about the importance of being a determined person, being a person who is dedicated, being a person who is diversified. You're willing to change, go in different directions, open your heart to other people. And now we talk about devotion. I try hard to stay devoted and it's tough, devoted to working out. Here's a big one, eating right. Boy, that ice cream looks good all the time. So the key thing is how do, you, how do you stay devoted? How do you stay on task? Well, the Bible gives us some answers today. It would be great if you stay there on demand and watch God change your life. Friend, it's gonna be a good study. Stay right there. I'll be back to pray for you at the end. Enjoy this message. Hey, it's Pastor Rick, glad to be back with you. I want to take you on this journey where we talk about one big word, the word is devotion. Now there's four words we've been talking about all month. One is uh, the word determined. The second is the word dedicated. The third is the word diversify. And the fourth was the word today, devotion. So let me put all that into a scriptural context. Philippians chapter four, verse 13 says, I can, that's determination. I can, I can, I absolutely can. When you say that in life, it changes everything. When you are committed to the idea that you can do something, I can. Then the third, second part of that is I can do. That's dedication. A specific thing you are going to do, you're dedicated to it. And we talked about what dedication looks like. And then we talked about diversity. I can do all things. You know, sometimes you get stuck in doing some things or these things and those things, but not all things. I'm doing more than I ever thought I would do, ever. I did this as an example. Never dreamed I'd do this, but I'm, this is one of my all things. This is one of my, my broadening moments. And then the last part of the verse says, I can do, Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There is this powerful connection between my ability to do and my devotion to Christ. Let me say it again. It's really important to understand the linkage between what I can do and my devotion to Christ. Paul understood this, that my linkage is through Christ. He wasn't saying he's Superman. He's not saying he can just do things that, you know, that, that like fly through walls and all that. But he's saying I can, I can do some amazing things if I'm linked and devoted to Jesus. Things that are far more than I ever could do. I love the verse where he says I can do abundantly, he, he can do abundantly above all you can ask or think. It's an amazing verse. So let me take you down the road here. It's going to be in the book of Philippians, Galatians. I'm going to show you five, four statements I want to make first, okay? And I want to just say, this is just an opinion I have. Four uh, questions or statements that will help us test our level of what I call stagnation. The theme of this, this month's study has been stagnated thinking. And it's my argument that one of the reasons that we can't achieve certain things is because we're stagnant. Uh, so there are four questions that will help us test our stagnation level. Test. I'm going to put you in a little test, test two for a minute. Because here's what I believe. I believe we are not determined enough to make a real difference. Are you determined enough to make a real difference? That's the question. Are you determined enough? Are you? Are you the kind of person who's dedicated enough? Are you dedicated enough to make a real difference? I mean, you talk about things you want to see happen, but you're, are you dedicated to young people? You talk about young people needing to be helped. Thirdly, are you diversified enough to make a real difference? Can you change? Are you willing to have relationships with, with just, you know, people who look like you? 
or can God use you to touch everybody on your job? White, black, Asian, small, tall, small, good looking, not too good looking. Are you diversified? So are you determined? Are you dedicated? Are you diversified? And are you devoted enough? I think the problem with a lot of time with us, if we're honest, our level of devotion is not what it needs to be. Our level of devotion. It's easy to say you're devoted. There's nothing to be devoted. And I want to say, if I'm honest, I said things in life and I, <laughs> I really didn't mean it. I thought I did. But if you looked at what I actually did, it says, no, you're not, you're not really that devoted to it. And I think a lot of people go to church. A lot of people talk about God, really don't like God. Uh, I see people all the time. They want to get married and they don't like marriage. They hate everything about it. They hate, you know, sleeping in the same bed with the person. They hate having to share money with the person. They can't stand it. They like the idea of being married. But in terms of doing what married people do, no, they don't want to do that. A lot of people want to work. <laughs> they want a job, but they don't want to work. They want the money, but not, not the job. And so <clears throat> the question is, are you really devoted? Are you a devoted person? And this is key. If you're going to improve your thinking, and that's what we're talking about, you have to not be a stagnant thinker. And part of not being stagnant is being devoted. You're not just standing like I've been saying every week, like the graphic we have with the girl standing on a rock, right? And she's looking down at stagnant water, just looking down and stag- doing nothing. And if we're not careful, we're not really devoted to our sons, our daughters. We're not willing to make the investment, the time, the energy, the money. We're not really devoted to a number of things. We say it, but we don't really do it. So let me read a verse, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, because this is a tough verse. I'm going to say it before I read it. <laughs> because this stuff is it's, it's, it's Paul calling people on the carpet, saying, ah, oh, you're not serious. That's what he's saying. You're not serious. You're talking, but you're not serious. Because what you're basically doing is living the way you want to live. He calls it walking in the flesh, which basically means I do what I want to do. I live like I want to live. I'm not really that interested in anybody else's opinion. And I want you to listen to what he said in Galatians chapter 5. It's really powerful. Verse 16, here's what he said. He said, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives through. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that we are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Holy Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. So let me stop there and say this. This is one of those places where the Bible says, the problem is you do what you want to do. The way he words it, it's really powerful. He says, you're following your, your sinful nature. You're following the part of you that's not that great, not that you know, connected to right. And you're basically, if you're honest, living your life the way you want to live it. And that causes you to be stagnant. So in your personal life, is that true? Would that be, would that be a description of how you're living? If you're the kind of person who basically lives the way you want to, and I want to change, I want to go to, I want to change the version of this because I want to take you to Galatians. Let me turn there, Galatians chapter Six is really five. Galatians chapter five. I love my Bible. You know, I just think it's fantastic. It's one of those great books that changes your life. And I want to read it from the, from the New King James because I think, I think it says it in a way that's even more potent. Here's what he says. 
Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. That means let your daily life choices, the way you walk, be spiritually guided, not just fleshly guided. It's not just what I feel I want to do. It's, it's what he says. I'm walking in the spirit. It doesn't mean you're looking weird and you walk around like this. You know, it's not about a look. It's about a devotion. It's about a level of commitment. I'm committed. I'm devoted to walking in the spirit. I'm devoted, committed to, to honoring things in the way God wants me to honor it. So walk in the spirit. And then he says, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The only way that you're going to win against your natural tendency is to choose to walk, to choose to go down this other path. I love what Jesus said. He said, broad is the gate that leads to destruction, narrow is the gate that leads to eternal life. It's so easy to go down the narrow gate. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. The broad gate. <laughs> I'll get it right in a minute. It's so easy to walk down the broad gate and not the narrow gate. It's so hard, it's so, so hard to force yourself sometimes to do what's right. So he says this, for the flesh lust against the spirit, in other words, there's this competition in the spirit against the flesh. There's this competition where you, your, your flesh wants to do one thing and, and the spirit of God is trying to get you to do something else. There's this incredible tension that happens and it's hard to fight. And he goes on and says this, and these are contrary one to another so that you will not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under law, you're not under obligation. He says, but that's the real place of safety for you. And then it gets to this incredible list, right, of stuff. Now, I want to read verse 19. This is all from the New King James Version. I just want to quickly read a couple of highlighted words, and I want you to see what he says. This is so profound, so simple, but yet profound, in, in that he's trying to help you understand this is what people do. And because people do this, this is why they're where they are. And he basically starts listing all these things they do. He says they, 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 the works of the flesh are evident adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred. All that stuff is stuff, he says, that leads you to a bad place. Now, all that was said to make the point, if you're really going to change your life, you have to make sure you come to a place that you say, I'm devoted to God. I'm devoted to not craving after these things that aren't healthy for me. I'm devoted to not doing that. Then he says, and I'm going back now, if you want to follow me for a minute, back to Galatians chapter five, okay, verse 16 through 21. If you're devoted, you will confront, he says, the, the tough truth about your life. If, if a person really wants to be successful in their walk with God, if they really want to improve their thinking, they've got to come to the place that they say, this is the truth about my life. This is the things that, these are the things I need to face. Now there's a guy in the Bible who didn't do this. He was a godly man. He was committed to God. But basically, he got angry and he would just go walk in the flesh. Walk, he'd just ignore what God said, didn't, didn't matter. When he got to a certain place, and some of you are like that, you get to a certain place, you're fine up until a certain place. You know, if you cuss me two times, that's when I'm going to fight the third time. You know, some of you had those kind of limits. And, and Mo, Moses is our study of a guy who was sincere, meant well, but he, he lost his way. Deuteronomy chapter three describes this encounter that Moses had with the second generation of Israel. These are the children of the people who um, did not go in the, who, who went, who are now going into the promised land. All their parents have died. Everybody was over 20 died. So it's really powerful when God told Moses, he said, you know, you're not going into the promised land and everybody that is 19 and below will go in. Everybody's 20 and above will, will well, I'm sorry, will, will go in, 19 and below, I'm getting it right here, and 20 and above will not go in. So now follow the thought for a minute. 
my point today is that if you, you can become a stagnant thinker and, and, and you can tell you're a stagnant thinker because you're not determined enough, you're not dedicated enough, you're not diverse enough, you're not devoted enough. And because you're not devoted enough, it shows up in the things you do. Galatians chapter five, you walk in the flesh, you do whatever you feel, whatever urges you have. I want to, I feel like it, it's my decision, it's my life and all that. Okay, that's all flesh stuff. And that's what Galatians five says. Paul says, for walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, the out of control passions of your flesh. Your flesh isn't always guided. Then I want to take you to this powerful place where Moses now becomes the example of how this can be fleshed out. Now, what's really important about this, and we're going to Deuteronomy chapter three here. Moses is an example of a good guy. This is a good guy. He's a religious guy. He serves God. This is a good guy. He's not a bad person at all. But Moses has some issues. And you see it in this conversation he has with the second generation of Israel. So again, these are the children of the people who died in the wilderness. They watched their parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, everybody died. And now all of them are dead, so now they're going to go into the promised land. They had the last funeral, the last living soul of the ones who would not go and fight in Canaan. So God says, okay, I'll tell you what, you, if you don't want to do it, you're not going to go in, you're going to wander in this wilderness for 40 years. I'm going to say everybody 19 and below, all the teenagers can go in. <clears throat> all the sophomores from college down going in. Juniors and above, not going into promised land. <laughs> By age. And so now, Moses is one of those who's not going to go into promised land. He's talking to the second generation of Israel. And here's what he says. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 21. This is important because what you're going to see is the stubbornness of his thinking. He was a guy who was confident and frustrated. He believed God can do some things, but he was frustrated. But this was a guy who would not change. He wouldn't diversify. He got to a point in his life when he wouldn't change some of his behaviors. He's walking in the flesh. And this is what they led to what you're about to hear. Listen to this, Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 21. At that time, I commanded Joshua, you have seen with your own eyes all that the Lord God has done to these two, two kings. The Lord will do the same to all kingdoms over there where you're going. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God himself will fight for you. Okay, so here's a confident Moses and saying, God's going to give you the victory. Good stuff. Watch this now, verse 23. Notice his frustration. At the time I pleaded with the Lord, Moses is talking. Sovereign Lord, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God, small g, is there in heaven or on earth who can do the deeds, you, do deeds and mighty works you do? What a great compliment. You can hear God saying, thank you, Moses. Good advice. Good thought there, buddy. Let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that fine hill country and Lebanon. Now, I want you to pause for a minute. I want you to think with me for a second here. This is a guy who's truly devoted to God. No question. He has a long history of being faithful, like a lot of you. But there's that one area that he never got control of, and that was his temper. So if you read this, you, you, you'll hear more. He basically is talking to God because he got in trouble because he yelled at the people, smoked the rocks, great story. And God told him, because you did that in front of everybody, you are not going into the promised land. 
So here he, he's telling the second generation, the children, you know, your parents was in the wilderness and, and I was devoted and, and, and I prayed to God and I was sincere in my walk with God. But because I made this one mistake, because I made this one decision, I cannot go into the promised land with you. Now, this is important because it shows you something. Devoted people can be judged. People that are sincere, love God people can be judged. Man. You can make decisions that put you in hot water with God. When you think about that. And I, I, I mean this with love. I mean any harm when I say it. I'm just saying to you, <clears throat> Moses, opened the Red Sea. Moses, led three million people out of Egypt. Moses, wrote the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And God told Moses, you can't go in the promised land because of what you did. You ignored me. And, and if you read the text where this happened, he said, because you would not hollow me, you would not make me sacred in the eyes of the Lord. He said, you won't go in the promised land. Sorry, Moses. So what does that mean? Hmm. Well, it means you won't go in the promised land. You did not hollow me, he said. In the eyes of the people or sanctify me. Because you did not. Numbers chapter 20. Read that chapter on your own. Numbers chapter 20 said, because you didn't do what I said, dude. Sorry, you can't go in. Now, I want you to hear this. You may be sincere. You may be devoted. But if you walk in disobedience and you know better, I can't promise you the outcome. What promised land are you going to miss? Because you won't obey God. I know you feel good about yourself, feel good about your life. Y'all happy? God is good to me. But you're walking and you know in the flesh. Walking in the flesh. Remember that I read in Galatians 5? Walking in the flesh, not in the spirit. That's what gets you in trouble. That's what causes you to get off God's best plan for your life. Now, this can sound painful, but I'm trying to be helpful because I can't change the Bible. I can't change what it said. I close with this. Listen to Moses' comment. Verse 23, back to Deuteronomy chapter 3. Now, this is important because What's really important is Moses is a devoted person, but there is that one area where his temperament, his anger, his moods, where he locks himself out of God's best. So listen to this exchange and you'll see it. I'm going to read it slow. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 23. At that time, I pleaded with the Lord. God's begging. Please, God. Please, God. Watch this now. Sovereign Lord, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand for what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do the deeds and mighty works you do. Let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that fine hill country and Lebanon. I want probation. I want a second chance. Everybody deserves a second chance. See, I understand. But for some, this, this is a different guy. Here's the difference. Moses knows better. Moses is not just like anybody. Mo, the, the, the Bible, in another verse, it says, those who know will be with, with many stripes. This is the moment where you see a devoted person losing an opportunity. Watch this, verse 26. 
But because of you, Moses says, and I want you to hear this carefully. Moses says to, he's talking to the second generation of Israel. He's talking to these young people who are 19 and below. And he says, because of you, because of you, the Lord was angry with me and would not listen to me. But it's not me. I didn't do anything. It's you. No, you smoked a rock. You're over 100 years old. Why are you making this up, dude? See, here's what I'm saying. A devoted guy who had an area of his life where he was blind. That is enough, the Lord told him. Stop talking. You ever had anybody stop you? Hey, that's enough. It's one of the strongest words in, in Scripture. Now, he's talking to a guy that loves him. He's talking to a guy that's been committed. He's talking to a guy who went to Egypt and talked to Pharaoh. Talking to a guy who let three million people out of bondage. Talking to a guy who wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Five books, of the first five books of Pentateuch. This is a guy who has credentials. But he's not facing reality. He's walking in the flesh. He wants it his way. Watch this, it's important. He said, that is enough, the Lord said. Do not speak to me anymore about this matter. And that, my friend, is a drop the mic moment. That's it. Don't ask me again. You're not going in the promised land. Not in this life. Now, there's some redemption that happens in Matthew 17 during the Mount of Transfiguration. When you look up and you see Moses. But that, he said, as far as this life goes, You'll see it from heaven, but you will not see it on this side. Here's a lesson for you devoted people. You really love God. What area of your life are you compromising in? Where are you walking in the flesh? Cussing out your husband, cussing out your wife. Where are you going, my friend? Fighting folk, jumping up and doing, not, not being honest, huh? Where, I don't know where it is. I can't name your area of the flesh that you're walking in, but you know. Galatians chapter 5 tries to give you a list of possibilities, fornication, adultery. He talks about all this kind of stuff. Okay, he's saying... Could it be this? Could it be that? I don't know. You know. But notice Moses was not willing to see it. Even when he was 100 plus years, almost about to die, he still held on to blaming them for why he couldn't go in the promised land. If you don't know the story, if you're not a Bible person, Moses was told by God to go and, and speak to the rock. They wanted some water. And he said, I want you to speak to them. I don't want you to call them names. But Moses got mad and he smote the rock twice. And then he called them names. You rebels, shall I have to bear water for you? And because he did that, God said, because you had that little explosion, he said, you're not going to the promised land. You can disqualify yourself. That is the lesson. You can disqualify yourself because of your temperament, your lust, your, your attitude. And, and God says, I tell you what. Go ahead, sleep with who you want to sleep with. Do what you want to do. But remember, I said to you, if you sow to the flesh, eventually it corrupts everything. But if you sow to the spirit, if you, if you follow me, you become fruitful and blessed. Now, you can ignore that. But we're seeing it in our country right now, right? Divided, fighting, arguing, wars around the world. It's called walking in the flesh, taking over people's land unfairly, walking in the flesh. And so now what do you do? The political environment is full of it. And Christians have joined into the fray and they've allowed themselves to become 
Oh, God, help me. I don't like the word pawns, but you have become deceived. A lot of us have lost our way and we're not refereeing the game anymore. We done pick sides and we going down the road, slam dunking and doing what we want to do because we think we're right. And there's a real wrong and a real danger in this path we're on. It concerns me. We're like Moses blind. He can't see. A lot of pastors are blind these days. The Bible said in the last days, there'd be a great falling away. I think we're here. Falling away from what God would have us do. Well, Pastor Rick, don't you think you need to stand up for what's right? Yeah, I do believe that. And we can talk about what that is. But you don't need to have the attitude you have, the spirit you have, the angst you have. It's all about loving people. So you can't stay here and not hurt yourself. Stagnant thinking, living in this land, harms and hurts you in the long run. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those who've heard this message today. May they open their hearts and their minds to a new way of seeing things. May they open their hearts and minds to say, you know, maybe we are going too far left or too far right or too far down the road here. And maybe we need to gather ourselves and hear from God a different way. And so, God, I thank you for the opportunity to share with your people. May it transform their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Moses taught us a lot about devotion. He's committed to God. He loves God. But boy, he was stubborn. Just wouldn't change his mind. Are you like that? Let me pray for you today. Father, let us learn from Moses' life. Let us learn how to be devoted and committed to you and not be stubborn and unwilling to change. May we not lose your best plan for us because of our lack of full devotion to your way. I thank you for the grace you brought into our lives and thank you for this time together in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. I hope you blessed, we're blessed by today's sermon. Stay with us on demand. We love having you join us because this is, again, you can put the word of God in your hand and get it when you want to. If you like today's message, link it and send it to a friend. I'll see you next time. Got more to say. You don't want to miss it. This whole study about the brain, thinking right, improving your thinking. Got a good one for you coming up next week. You don't want to miss it. Next time, we have a powerful study that will unlock your life. So stay there. I'll see you next time as we get in the Word together. Bye-bye.